Hallelujah. As she sang, Jesus is our only hope. Amen. What a beautiful name that we have. That every time we call on to that name, there is peace, there is joy, there is comfort. Amen. Hallelujah. Shall we just say Jesus three times from your heart? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Every time you call on that name, he is here. Hallelujah. The Bible says the righteous run to the name of Jesus and they are saved. Hallelujah. Shall we do it again? But let's do it a little louder with faith in the heart. Amen. Shall we do that? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. Turn to a neighbor and say, God is good. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Turn with me in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4. Today, we are starting the series on wisdom. And today's message is titled, Wisdom is the Principal Thing. Not wisdom is the principal. Because if I say principal, some of you have bad memories from your school life. Wisdom is the principal thing. Amen. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Can you say principal thing? Amen. The word principal means the main thing, the first thing. The most important thing, the central thing, the number one thing, the greatest thing is wisdom. Amen. Hallelujah. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her wisdom and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Amen. The word wisdom is translated from the Hebrew word chokmah. And the word wisdom means skill, shrewdness, insight, moral discernment, understanding, prudence. Can you say prudence? Amen. It is a way of thinking and an attitude of life that emphasizes experience, reasoning, morality. But wisdom is not considered to be just intellectual ability or capacity like knowledge. Wisdom biblically is based on the fear and the knowledge of God. And wisdom is different from knowledge. For knowledge means learning. Knowledge means education. Knowledge is accumulation of facts and information. A confident understanding of a subject, let's say political science or whatever. Knowledge is logical reasoning. But wisdom is more than that. Wisdom is the application of knowledge with insight, with common sense, with discernment, and with understanding. Can you say amen? So wisdom, even though... It may seem like it's knowledge because in the human understanding of today, those who have a lot of knowledge and have a lot of degrees are usually considered to be men of wisdom. But it is not so. Because it is possible to have great knowledge 
and still not have wisdom. An American industrialist, David Sarnoff, this is what he says. Knowledge is not enough unless it leads you to understanding and in turn to wisdom. So knowledge must lead to wisdom. Unfortunately, in many lives, it does not. Because many have knowledge, but they're only a walking encyclopedia without the wisdom in their life. A book of knowledge is useless without the wisdom to apply that knowledge. So there are some who have doctorates, but they do not have the wisdom to keep their family together or even love their wives. There are some who write books on parenting, but they don't have the wisdom to actually raise the children. So when the person has a lot of knowledge, when you have a lot of knowledge, but you don't have wisdom, that is what the Bible means in that verse. Knowledge puffs up. Amen. Hallelujah. So you can have knowledge of 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient and love is kind. But if you don't walk in love, you don't have wisdom. Knowledge puffs up, but it is love that edifies. Amen. Hallelujah. So wisdom is greater than knowledge. Amen. Having a lot of degrees does not necessarily mean you have wisdom. In the biblical Hebrew sense, wisdom is applied knowledge that is successful. I was once invited to a seminar to be conducted by a PhD on pastors, for pastors. So my first question was, and this was many years back, my first question was, has that person ever pastored a church? And the answer was no. So I said, I'm not coming. Because even though he may have the knowledge of books that he may have taught, and read and studied on his own, if he has never gone through it and applied that knowledge, he does not have wisdom. Amen. For example, doctors have knowledge of health and doctors know that smoking is injurious to health. Amen. They know the effects of tobacco on your body. But how many of you know doctors who smoke? Yes. So what does that mean? It means that doctor does not have wisdom. Knowledge he has, but no wisdom. <laughs> Amen. The Bible says love is patient. We know that. But when we don't walk in love, there is no wisdom. Are you with me? So we know that pork is bad for health. Excessively. Come on all nuggers. Amen. But we eat pork morning, afternoon, and night. Amen. Sometimes not necessary. So what we have is knowledge, but no wisdom. Amen. So we need wisdom because wisdom is the principal thing. Can you say principle? Amen. That means it is the most central. It is the first thing. It is the main thing. It is the greatest thing. So after degrees, there's a need to get wisdom. After you get your job, there's a need to get wisdom. After you have money, there's a need for wisdom. Now turn to James chapter 1 from verse 2. For four Sundays, we'll be on the subject of wisdom. And I really encourage you to come every Sunday. James chapter 2. My brethren and sistren also. Because we have more women coming to church nowadays. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. 
A trial is a tribulation, a problem, an affliction. Amen. A temptation. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So in the kingdom of God, trials are not a negative. They are a positive. Amen. Hallelujah. In the kingdom of God, we must always look at every trial positively. Because it produces patience. And patience produces strength and maturity. And we become well-rounded in character. We become a well-rounded person. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Let's go on. Verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom. Now verse 5 is in the context of verse 2. So crisis and wisdom are connected. The Holy Spirit has orchestrated how the Bible is written. Amen. It's not a random verse that's thrown in here. If any of you lacks wisdom. No. In the midst of your trial and tribulation, what's the first thing you need? You need wisdom. Amen. So if any of you lacks wisdom, understanding, let him ask of God. Why? Because wisdom comes from God. Amen. Hallelujah. Who gives to all liberally. Liberally means generously. It means freely, abundantly. So God has abundant wisdom for us in every situation that we are facing as an individual, as a family, and as a people. But we need to come and ask him. Who gives to all liberally, amen, without reproach. Without reproach. Have you ever gone to someone after you have made a mistake and you said, you know, I should have come to you in the first place and they look at you and say, I told you, you should have listened to me. Why are you wasting my time? But anyway, since you are my son or since you are my brother, I have to do this. Experience anything like that? That is giving you with reproach. They heap some shame on you and then they bless you. But that is not the way of God. The Bible says he gives liberally without condemning you. That means even if you got into that problem by your own mistake, you can come to God in a repentant heart and he will give you the wisdom to come out of it without putting shame on you. That is the grace of our Lord. Can you say hallelujah? Amen. So in the midst of every trial, a problem, whether it's in your marriage, money, job, career, business, health. What's the first thing we must do? Ask God for wisdom because that is the main thing. Amen. But usually what we do is we trust in our self-efforts. We trust in our own abilities. We trust in our political connections. We trust in the ways of the world. We bribe our way out of a problem. We bribe our way to get something. We cheat in order to get something. That is the wisdom of the world. And you may get something out of that, but you will lose more. Amen. The wisdom of God is the best way and the highest way. You see, the efforts of the world will only get you so far. A businessman will work very hard for riches and may get wealth, but in the process, because all the time in the business, lose the wife, lose the children, lose health. And then spend all the wealth to get back the health. Amen. Or because you want a job and you really want that, we bribe to get away or we manipulate. And in the process, we may get the job, but we lose our reputation and we lose our integrity. We lose our testimony. So actually, you're not gaining in the way of the world. 
But in God's way, in God's wisdom, we will prosper the right way, the well-rounded way. Amen. And the Bible says, come to him because he will give you liberally. Can you say hallelujah? Amen. So the Bible doesn't say, ask people for opinion when you lack wisdom. The Bible doesn't say, read a book. The Bible says, ask God. Ask him. Because he is the source. Amen. Hallelujah. So wisdom is the main thing. Let me show you some scriptures that show us that wisdom is the main thing. I want you to turn first to Exodus chapter 31 verse 3. Very interesting. I was so blessed just preparing this. Exodus 31 verse 3. This is the first place in the Bible where a man is filled with the Holy Spirit. Now before that Aaron and his sons were consecrated. But the Bible doesn't use the term filled with the Holy Spirit. But this is the first person in the Bible who got filled with the Holy Spirit. So the law of first mention in interpreting Bibles tell us a lot about what we can learn from being filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is what it says. I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. Now this man is Bezalel. And Bezalel was anointed by God to make the tabernacle of Moses. Amen. And the Bible says he was filled with the Spirit of God. The first man who got filled with the Spirit of God, the first thing he gets is wisdom. Creativity. To design. To draw. To make. Not even to preach. Nagas are anointed to design, to create, to draw, to sing. But we think that those are carnal, secular. We have to be in church and just sing hymns and just have straight face, straight rows and straight jackets. And we become straight jacketed people. No more creativity in our society. Because we don't know how much God wants to bless us. And he has already blessed us. So we have to explore those giftings of God in the wisdom of God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Secondly, Isaiah 11 verse 2. This is the first mention of the seven spirits of God. The seven ways the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus Christ. Isaiah 11 verse 2. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon Jesus. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The first mention of the Spirit of God on Jesus Christ is wisdom. And understanding is similar to wisdom. Not power. We think power only, power. Cast out demons, power. No, wisdom. <laughs> wisdom. Yes, that power also comes. But wisdom also. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at Luke chapter 2 verse 52. Now Jesus was born as a baby. Many people think that even as a baby, he knew everything. He was omnipresent, omniscient. No, no. Jesus was in one place at that time and he was a human and God at the same time. And he didn't have all wisdom as he was growing. Amen. So Jesus, the Bible says, increased. Increased. That means he grew. So Jesus became a man. God became a man. He increased first in wisdom. 
Amen. There's a child. Now, one of the first things you should be praying for your children, fathers, mothers, is this. Wisdom. Amen. Not only government job. Wisdom. Amen. Hallelujah. Increased in wisdom and stature. And then, because of wisdom, favor came. Hallelujah. Amen. He didn't know it all. He had to grow in wisdom. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. This is what God gave Christ to us for. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us. Christ became these things for us. And the first mention is wisdom. Christ is God's wisdom to me. The first thing that Christ becomes to me is wisdom. And when I have that wisdom, I will understand righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So Christ became for us first. Can you say it louder? Wisdom. Amen. Now look at Acts chapter 6 verse 3. This is the first place where deacons are mentioned. And what does he say of deacons? Acts chapter 6 verse 3. Therefore brethren seek out from among you seven men of good reputation and who have government jobs. Oh I'm sorry. I was thinking of Nagaland. No. Brethren seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. Full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Amen. The first place where deacons are mentioned is what? Wisdom. So the Bible is very clear. Wisdom is the number one thing. Is the principal thing. Amen. It must be the first thing in our lives. So when you pray for self, pray for wisdom. Amen. Hallelujah. Pray for the wisdom of God. Look at Proverbs chapter 3. This is how good wisdom is. Verse 13 to 18. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. You know, the Bible goes straight to the heart. We think happy is the man who gets UPSC job. But even after UPSC job, many people are unhappy. Amen. Hallelujah. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. Wisdom is more important. Why? Because wisdom from God will show you exactly what he has called you for, what you're gifted for, so that you don't have to feel like you're a loser if you don't have a government job. Because think about it. There are about five lakhs. Young people in Nagaland, I believe there would be more. College everywhere. Does God, has God called everyone to be a government servant? No. But yet, everyone is praying for a government job. So, some people are praying the wrong prayer. It's true. Some people are praying the wrong prayer. <laughs> I mean, can the government provide job for all these five lakh people? Even the Modi cannot provide job for all these five lakh. So, obviously, it means that God has something else for a lot. The majority of our young people, God has something else much better. And yet we are missing it because the majority of our prayers is UPSC, NPSC, LDA, BDA, whatever it may be. If you're looking for that, no condemnation. Amen. But the key thing here is wisdom. Amen. Wisdom is the principal thing. Because the wisdom of God will tell you what you are called for. What you are gifted for. 
what you are anointed for. So that you don't have to waste your time in what traditionally Nagas are doing. But you can see God in the creativity, in the, in the wisdom that he has given you in other ways and excel there. And stop over glorifying government jobs. Get that out of your mind. Amen. If they are government servants, respect them for what they are, but that's it. If they are businessmen, respect them because businessmen, they create a lot of jobs. They create resources. Artists, respect them for they are. Don't just put government servants here and everyone below. That's not wisdom. Amen. Wisdom is to honor all people. Amen. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Look at verse 14. For proceeds are better than the profits of silver and again than fine gold. Verse 15. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. All the things you desire. Wealth, health, long life, good wife, honor, good job, house, car cannot compare with wisdom. But yet we ignore wisdom. Amen. Wisdom is above all. See, the wisdom of God will tell me what I am good for. So that when I do what I'm good for, God will provide me in that place. And I will also find peace, satisfaction, contentment. Amen. But in a culture like this where government jobs are glorified and every parent is pushing their children towards government job and we feel pressured to study because of a government job, this is not wisdom. This is not the way God wants us to live our lives. This is not living by wisdom. It is living by tradition. Amen. Hallelujah. Wisdom. Can you say wisdom? Amen. The number one prayer request I've been getting the last few weeks is job. Especially government job. Amen. Nothing wrong with it. If you're struggling for that, or you're trying for that, go for it. But in the process, ask God for wisdom. Amen. Because God may give you a specific wisdom how it will turn out in your life. Look at verse 16. Length of days is in her right hand. So in the right hand of wisdom, everyone say right hand, is length of days. That means long life. Not 30 hour days, you know, but long life. Length of days. In her right hand, in her left hand, riches and honor. So left hand, riches and honor. In her right hand, length of days. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. So in wisdom, your life will be filled with pleasantness and peace. Verse 18. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happy are all who retain her. So when you have wisdom, your life will be filled with life and happiness. Now let me ask you this. People who are looking for more business or who want a job, are they really looking for a job? No, because they're looking for security. They're looking for what they think the job will bring to them. The security, the money, the retirement, and the good life, the reputation. So they're looking for all those things. They're not just looking for a job. Yes, people who are earning a lot of money, who are doing business so that they can get more money, are they working for money itself? 
No, because you can't eat money. I mean, you can't eat money, right? But they are working so that they are looking for what the money can bring to them. I mean, for what they think money will add to them. For the life they think that money will bring into them. So that's why they run after these things. But even after they get those things, they're very dissatisfied. They're very discontented. Why? Because the Bible says it's not in these things where your peace and your pleasantness and your life is. It is in the wisdom of God. Amen. And if you have wisdom, the Bible says you will get the right hand and the left hand of wisdom. Left hand, riches and honor. Right hand, long life. You will get it. You will have peace. You will have pleasantness. You will have a tree of life in your life. When you have the wisdom of God and you live by the wisdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at 1 Kings chapter 3. Verse 5 to 14. King Solomon. 1 Kings chapter 3 verse 5. At Gibeon, this is where the tabernacle of Moses was. David has died. Solomon has become king. He goes to seek the Lord. God appears to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask, what shall I give you? So God can even speak to you in dreams. And God says, what shall I give you? Now, if God comes to you and asks you that same question, what will you ask for? Job. Wife. House. Car. Lands. Some of you may say, kill my enemies. All right? What would we ask for? Amen. And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. Was Solomon a little child then? No, he was about 20 years old. He was a king. But look at his humility. He is considering himself small in the eyes of God. Compare this to some young Naga, 20-year-old boy today who thinks he knows everything more than all the wise men in the world combined. Amen. Hallelujah. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen a great people too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart. It literally means a hearing heart. That's a heart of wisdom. A true heart of wisdom, I'm talking in the biblical sense, not the world sense. The world sense of wisdom is they've studied a lot. They've become old age, a lot of experience. So we think he has wisdom. The more gray hair, the more wisdom. No. That's not God's way of wisdom. God's way of wisdom is this. In humility and in a hearing heart, you will get wisdom. So Jesus, as a 12-year-old, walked in more wisdom than most men. Amen. What we want is the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Give me an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. Discern, discern, not know good and evil. Because even without God, you can know good and evil. Yes, it's the knowledge of good and evil. 
But Solomon asked for a discernment of good and evil which can come only through God. Hallelujah. That I may discern good and evil for who is able to judge these great people of yours. Verse 10. The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Amen. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. That means even if you ask for wisdom today, God is pleased. Amen. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any rise after you. And this is the key part here, verse 13. I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor. Which is the left hand. Now the Bible is saying. Wisdom's left hand. And right hand. Long life and riches and honor. So who's wisdom then? Wisdom is God. Jesus. I have given you my left hand. In other words. The word wisdom in Proverbs chapter 3. Is actually referring to God. Amen. So that there should not be anyone among you, among the kings of your days. Verse 14. So if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandment as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days, long life, which is the right hand. So God told him, I'm giving you riches and honor, my left hand. And if you walk in my ways, I'm going to give you long life, which is the right hand. Amen. Did God give Solomon riches and honor? Yes. Amen. He had such wisdom and such honor that even the kings of the surrounding nations would come to sit at his feet and be awed by his wisdom. The queen of Sheba came from the south because she had heard so much about Solomon's wisdom. But when she came and sat at Solomon's feet, she testified that What I heard was not even half of what you truly are. I heard such stories and I wanted to come and investigate myself. And when I saw your wisdom and I heard your wisdom, what I heard is nothing compared to what the truth is. That's what she said. Amen. You sometimes we hear people say, Ayah, itu jaga de jawina momolo kiman balaze, iman mita. So we go excited and when we eat it, ayah. Inagabi no hoi kan kwa nijina. Right? Sometimes we hear glorious reports when we go and see, ah, it was nothing. Right? Have you heard someone say, oh, that man is so handsome, iman ba, Korean star nijina dike. So you go and you see, eh, no hoi. Huh? Looks like my kancha. <laughs> Have you ever experienced something like that? You know, so many times in the way of the world, it's like, ah, it's not exactly as I heard it. But Solomon's wisdom, God's grace upon him was so great. Amen. That even the kings around would come to him. So he had honor and he had riches. Amen. He had so much wealth in him. 
in his kingdom that it is estimated in today's terms that the wealth of Solomon was about 200 billion dollars. Amen. That's like three Bill Gates, four Bill Gates. Amen. 200 billion dollars. And the wealth of the temple of Solomon is considered to be around 50 billion dollars. So he had riches and he had honor. Did he have long life? No. So Solomon got the left hand, but he did not get the right hand. You see, God doesn't want you only to get the left hand. He wants you to get the right hand. So what we see in Solomon's life, 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 3 to 4. Even though Solomon had the wisdom of God with which to get riches and honor, Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. I was about to say porcupines, but let me just not get into that part. Amen. Concubines. So there's like 1,000 women. I mean, can you imagine what kind of a house he had? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. No wonder sometimes when Solomon writes Proverbs, his verses are so scattered. He talks about honor, then he talks about ants, then he talks about, you know, um, you know, different subjects. So scattered, right? Have you read the Proverbs? I mean, no wonder. 1,000 women, you know. His thoughts are all here, there all the time. <laughs> but the key point here is this. His wives turned away his heart from God. Look at the next verse. For it was so when Solomon was old that his wife turned his away after other gods and he began to worship other gods. Idolatry. And his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God. So even the wisest man did not walk in wisdom in the later days as was the heart of his father David. So Solomon died when he was about 60 years old. 60 years in the Bible is very young age. He didn't live long. Amen. So he got the left hand, but he did not get the right hand. Amen. Because God wants us to have wisdom entirety, not just the blessings of wisdom. Hallelujah. Why? Because wisdom is Jesus. Jesus is at the right hand of God. Who is at the right hand of God? Jesus. Who's at the right hand of God? The son of favor and righteousness. Who is Jesus Christ? Amen. So even though Solomon had riches and honor, he turned away from God. He turned away from Christ, in a sense, in his later days. So his heart was not totally given to the Lord. God doesn't want us simply to have riches and honor. He wants us to have a relationship with Christ, where we hold on to Christ, the right hand of God, and walk with him all the days of our lives. For that will lengthen our days. Amen. See, when we embrace Jesus Christ as our wisdom, you see, when you hug someone, you see, when you hug someone, are you going for the left hand or the right hand? I don't know, some of you may be confused. You know, you don't know how to hug someone. You're not married yet, so, you know, when you hug, do you go for the left hand or the right hand? Or do you go for the person? If you go for the person, when you hug someone, you just go and hug the person. But when you hug the person, guess what? The left hand and the right hand are behind you. So you get the left hand and you get the right hand. 
Not by looking for the left hand or the right hand, but by hugging the person. And that's what our relationship with Jesus is. When we go for him, we will get his left hand and we will get his right hand and we will see that they are supporting us from behind. Hallelujah. Jesus is greater than Solomon. Look at 11, Luke 11 verse 31. The queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with men of this generation and condemn them for you came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. To hear the wisdom of Solomon. That is how much we should value wisdom. We should treasure wisdom. Sadly, in today's world, because of wrong priorities and the ways of the world, we don't treasure wisdom. We treasure power, connections, money, beauty, looks. But all of these things are temporal. They are transient. You may get a lot of wealth, but without wisdom, you will lose it again. Amen. A fool and his money, the Bible says, are easily parted. Amen. You may gain an inheritance, but it takes wisdom to maintain that inheritance. So the attitude of Queen of Sheba, she traveled a long distance and she came with 120 talents of gold. That's quite a lot of gold. So wisdom, when you value wisdom, you must be willing to pay a price for it. Amen. Our young people, when they get scholarships, drinking, partying, shoes, jeans, makeup, a good book costs about 120 rupees, 200 rupees. In that book, there is more value than the Nike shoes you're wearing. But books, we don't even want to spend time with. I've asked so many of our young Naga boys and girls, do you read? Um, I don't read. But pastor, please pray for me. I get wisdom. <laughs> At least read a book. You get some wisdom. I mean, begin somewhere. Amen. It's the truth. We don't value wisdom. And that's why our lives, we don't know where we're heading as a people. We're just doing what our parents say. Government job, okay. Government job. Business, okay. You know. We need the wisdom of God because I tell you, God did not create us nuggers for 20 people to get government jobs in a year and the rest of us to do nothing. And those who don't get government jobs, we feel like we're losers. God did not create us to be like that. He has something for every young nugger boy and girl to do. He has something for you to do. How do you know that? Ask Him. Amen. Stop depending on the government for grants. Stop depending on the government to open a job here or a thing there. Depend on God. Wisdom is the principal thing. So she came. She valued wisdom so much. She came. She sat at his feet. And she gave 120 talents of gold. Not to buy. Amen. It is called honor. Honor. There are times I honor men of God. I, I sow into their lives. Finances. There are times I honor certain people. I give money to them. It's not buying. It's called honor because your money tells a lot about what you really honor in life. So when you give your tithes and offerings, it's honoring God as the source in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. She, she, she honored wisdom. She paid the price for it. We must honor wisdom. We must, you know, seek wisdom with all our heart. I've given you this illustration many years back about how this young man came to this 
hermit up in the mountains and asked, give me wisdom. Teach me wisdom. You know, like people going to the Kung Fu master and say, Master, Master, teach me Kung Fu. You know, so give me wisdom. You know, so this hermit took this young boy to the stream and put his head down in the water. And the man was gasping, gasping, gasping. Took his head out and said, what do you want? The young man said, I want wisdom, master. Then he couldn't put it, took his head, put it in the water. He was gasping for air for about a minute. Came out again. What do you want? I want wisdom and knowledge. Took his head, put it in the water again. And for about two minutes now, and he's really struggling. Came out again. <sighs> and the hermit said, when you look for wisdom, in the same way you were desperate for your next breath of air, then you will get it. Amen. That means keep it as the principal thing in your life. That's why the Bible says, get wisdom, get understanding. Her proceeds are better than silver or gold. Because in the wisdom of God, you will live a well-rounded, well-rounded life. That means it's not like in the world, you work a lot, you get a career, but then you lose your wife because you didn't spend time with her. No, in the wisdom of God, you will, it may be slower, it may not be as in the way of the world, but the Lord will bless you here and bless you there and bless you in your children, bless you with your family, bless you in health. So you're all rounded in the wisdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. For she came from the ends of the world to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. And is referring to himself. Amen. Jesus is saying, if the people of the world and the kings and queens of the world could run to a person to sit at his feet to get wisdom, then what about us today? A greater than Solomon is here in the word. Amen. If Obama were to come to Kohima next month, or the richest man in India, let's say Mukesh Ambani were to come here, or one of those doctorates, triple doctorates from Oxford or Cambridge were to come and have a talk here in Kohima, I'm sure hundreds and thousands of us will flock to that place to sit for one hour to maybe get some wise words and to hear what they will say. Right? And yet, a greater than all of these people is lying by your bedside. Collecting dust. Amen. Every day. Amen. Some of you have four or five of them. So you have double, triple wisdom which you are never opening up. <laughs> Amen. A greater than Solomon. You see, wisdom is Jesus. Jesus is the wisdom of God to us. When we realize that and we begin to sit at his feet, then we will walk in wisdom. You see, Solomon prayed, give me a hearing heart. Which means what? God did not just download, like we download software in a computer, one button, the whole software on a hard drive. It didn't happen like that for Solomon. God gave him a hearing heart. Hearing heart, which means his wisdom is connected to God. That means as long as he is hearing from God, he has wisdom. 
But what happened when he was growing old? He stopped hearing from God because he began to worship other gods and he did not have long life. Are you with me? Amen. So the wisdom that God gave Solomon is this, a hearing heart to be humble. That means a discerning heart. That means God gave him this heart, this spirit by which he began to be sensitive to God and discern. And that's why when the two mothers came with the baby, one baby died, the other mother stole the baby. So now whose baby is it? There is no law book in any courts of the world or any textbook which says how to deal with that situation. Amen. There is no law book written by any lawyer or any judge, past, present, or future, that will give you the wisdom to deal with that situation. Because Solomon said, thought about it, heard from God, and said, cut the baby in half. If we were the judge at that time, how would we judge? If we judge not by the hearing heart, but we judge by the knowledge of good and evil from our own mind, we would have made a mistake. Amen. And in those days, there was no DNA testing. Amen. So how did Solomon know? He heard from God, a hearing heart. And he knew exactly what to say. And of course, the mother would never allow the child to be cut. So the one who said no is the true mother. Which law book will teach you that? It came from God. A hearing heart. Amen. And that is why when we sit at the feet of Jesus... And we are rightly related to Christ. And we seek Him. And we embrace Him every day. That is the beginning of wisdom. What is that? The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord doesn't mean fearing God. No. The fear of the Lord means you are so dependent on Him. You come and draw from Him every day and you worship Him. That's what the fear of the Lord means. That is the beginning of wisdom. Meaning, you cannot live your life without Christ. You say, Christ is my everything. I can't live without Him. I have nothing without Him. I can do nothing without Him. I depend on Him every day. That is the beginning of wisdom. Which is different from the way the world thinks. The world thinks wisdom, go to this university, get this degree, move around with this group of people, write a couple of papers, and now you sit on the panel and you talk in that knowledgeable way. I don't think it's like that. You talk to the reporters that way. In my own opinion, you know, no, wisdom is, Lord, I need you. Help me. Show me. That is the wisdom that we are emphasizing on in this series. That's the wisdom the world needs today. With all our experts, the world is in a mess. <laughs> Amen. There are more universities now than ever before in world history. There are more PhDs in the world today than ever before in world history. And there is more problems in the world today <laughs> than ever before. Amen. So the wisdom of the world is only creating more problems. Why? The knowledge of good and evil leads to death. So when the world seems to have a lot of knowledge, that knowledge is still leading to chaos, destruction, and problem on the earth today. 
So what the world needs is the wisdom of Christ. And in some sense, you can have it today as the kingdom of God, as the people of God. You can pull the wisdom of God through your relationship with Him and you can create heaven on earth in your family, in your circumstance, even in the government. But we will have the fullness of it when Jesus comes and reigns for a, mil- for a thousand years on the earth. But as a children of God, you can have His wisdom today. You don't have to wait for the thousand year reign. What Nagas need today is not money from Modi. In fact, if money was coming from Modi, it would be the most unwise thing for the Nagas today. Because it's not money which is the principal thing, it's wisdom. So if you're praying for our leaders, pray for wisdom. Amen. You see, the problem in Nagaland is not money problem. It's a wisdom problem. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me give you a couple more scriptures. Turn to Deuteronomy 34 verse 9. Deuteronomy 34 verse 9. What businessmen need is wisdom. What bureaucrats need is wisdom. Now Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom. Joshua was a commander in chief of the armies of God. He was the one who took Israel to the promised land. He's the one who fought all the battles of Jericho and Ai. And he's the one who kicked out all the occupants of the promised land. And he was the one who brought Israel into the promised land. Hallelujah. He was a general. But how did he fight the wars? Full of the spirit of wisdom. How do you fight wars? Through wisdom. I'm not talking about, you know, joining KIM and, all right, Lord, give me wisdom. You know, and I'm talking about, I'm talking about your wars. Amen. Spiritual wars. I mean, your businessmen are warring in the business arena. Right now, Naga businessmen are in a war with all the other businessmen who are taking over our land. It's a war. Now, we don't go beating them and killing them. No. But you have to go into the marketplace and wage warfare with business principles. How? You need the spirit of wisdom. That can only come from God. Because in the ways of the world, they are much advanced than us. But we have God on our side. But the thing is, with God, you have to depend on Him. I mean, you have to be humble and seek Him. And God will give you the wisdom to wage warfare in the arena of business. When your problems in the office, you have neighbors who just want to say bad things about you. And there's a war that you're going on. How do you wage war? Not the way of the world, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth and take revenge. No. In the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is grace. 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 When we choose to walk in grace, you're beginning to walk in the wisdom of God. Because Jesus is grace. Amen. Hallelujah. When someone says something bad about you and you feel like you want to reply back and you say something bad, the wisdom of the world is if someone says something bad to me, I will also go and say something bad to the other people who know him so that, you know, he will also get it from me. You see. But the wisdom of God is this. It's okay. I will forgive. And I will walk in grace. It's harder, but it's the best way. 
is called the way of wisdom. Amen. Hallelujah. So we wage war with wisdom. Proverbs 24 verse 3. Proverbs 24 verse 3. Through wisdom a house is built. Amen. Through wisdom a house is built. And by understanding it is established. Not just talking about physical houses. But you're building your life. Husband and wives. Building a marriage. How? In wisdom. Amen. Wisdom for the wife is submitting to the husband. Wisdom for the husband is love your wives. In the wisdom of men, we will always address the men first, right? Men, love your wives because we know how bad men can become. But in the wisdom of God, God addressed the woman first. In Ephesians, <laughs> you all didn't know that, right? Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Because we need to know the wisdom of God. Ephesians 5.22 Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. So, you see, as a pastor, we would think first, first talk to the man. No. In the wisdom of God, God first talk to the woman. Amen. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And then in verse 25 only, husbands, love your wives. Why? I think it's because women are smarter than men. And God knows women will respond faster than men. <laughs> All the women say, Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, God addresses in the main point. God doesn't say women should do this, 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 this. God just addresses one point, submit. Why? Because I believe that's the hardest thing for women to do. <laughs> and God doesn't ask the husband to do this, 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 this. He just asks one thing. Love. Because that comes, un it doesn't come naturally for men. We have to learn to do that. But in doing these two things, you're laying the foundation of a house of marriage that's like heaven on earth. Through wisdom. Amen. A house is built. So finances, husband and wives, you need to pray for wisdom to build a house where your finances are strong. Amen. And it begins by honoring God with your tithes and your offering. You need to pray for children, wisdom. Your future, wisdom. Retirement, wisdom. Amen. Don't just spend all your money as if Jesus is coming tomorrow. Because you see, one day with the Lord is a thousand years. So when he says soon, it may be like 500 years in the future. I don't know. But the way we must live our lives is we must live our lives with wisdom. We live in the expectancy that Christ will return anytime. That means we don't live materialistic or tied down to the things of the world. Amen. We live putting the gospel number one priority. But at the same time, we live with the wisdom that yes, if Christ should tarry, then I must also have my house in order as a man of God. Amen. So there's something you lay aside for your own retirement. There's something you lay aside for your children's education. 
Amen. Hallelujah. You must live with wisdom. Well-rounded. Hallelujah. So when we live with wisdom, a house is built. Retirement. After retirement, what to do? Don't be like a lot of officers after retirement, they get shocked. They don't know what to do. Must have a plan. Wisdom will show you that. Amen. So don't just live from job to job. No. Live in wisdom because in wisdom, that job is only something you are doing is not who you are. And then you can move on to other things easily. Hallelujah. Now look at Proverbs 8 verse 15. Through wisdom, a house is built. A church, an organization, a family is also a house. It's through wisdom. Amen. By me, kings reign. Go to the verse before this. Because this is wisdom talking. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding, I have strength. And this is wisdom speaking. Wisdom is personified here. And wisdom says, by me, by wisdom, kings reign. They rule in wisdom. The greatest need for people in power is wisdom. Pharaoh was in power and there was famine coming in Egypt for seven years. But he did not know what to do. So God sent a man called Joseph, full of the wisdom of God because God was with him. And in that wisdom, Egypt was able to prepare and became the richest nation because of the famine where everyone came to Egypt to buy grain. Wisdom. So by me, kings reign. This is not only talking about people in positions of power. This is talking about every believer. Why? Because every believer is a saint. A priest and a king in the kingdom of God. Amen. We are kings and priests in the kingdom of our God. And the Bible says in Romans 8 verse 15 that we reign in life through the abundance of grace, number one, and the gift of righteousness. So how do kings reign? With the wisdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. We reign with the wisdom of God. But in the New Testament, the Bible says that kings, we are kings, we reign. God wants to reign over fear, over worry. God wants to reign over your own life, your circumstances. Amen. Have your affairs in order. God wants you to exercise authority over your own life. How do we reign? The Bible says in Romans 8, 15. Through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we shall reign in life. Amen. So what is the wisdom of God here? The wisdom of God here is this. Grace and righteousness. Amen. When Christ came, He came to bring a new wisdom of living life. And the new wisdom of living life was not in the old way of the law where it's through your self-effort, it's through your self-righteousness. No. But the new wisdom of living life through which we reign in life is His grace, what Christ has done on the cross, and His righteousness given to me as a gift when I believe in Him. So the true wisdom of God is this. 
I can't do it, Lord. I need you. Amen. The true wisdom of God is this. Lord, in all my ways, I acknowledge you. Instead of you just running to solve the problem without seeking God. Just depending on your own strength. Calling up everyone and say, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And get more confused along the way. Not trusting in your own ability. Not trusting in your own strength. But trusting in Christ. Seeking His grace. Trusting in His righteousness. That is the wisdom of God. That is the principal thing with which we must be grounded on. That it is by grace we are saved. And it is by faith in Him. That we are justified. We are made righteous. Amen. Hallelujah. And through that, we will reign in life. Are you all blessed today? Next Sunday, we're going to talk about the source of all wisdom. And how we begin to access that into our lives. So come today. Just as Solomon asked God, let us also ask in faith. And God is not a respecter of persons. He's not partial. If he gives to Solomon, he will also give to us. But when he says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. God is also wanting us to release our faith in asking him. Amen. It is his will to give us, but it is his will that we ask. So let's take about four to five minutes. And let's come before the Lord personally for ourselves. And let us begin to ask him for wisdom in our lives. Amen. Let's pray with a sincere heart, with a humble heart, and ask God for a hearing heart, a heart of discernment, a heart of understanding. Come on, church. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do it. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.